0: From LPL Financial, welcome to Market Signals. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest edition of LPL Market Signals. Jeff Bookbinder here with my good friend and colleague, Quincy Crosby. Uh, hello, Quincy. How are you
1: today? I'm fine. Jeff, you're looking really good, and you are back in the saddle.
0: I am indeed. Um had hip surgery last week, but I'm feeling really good and, and, and glad to be back. Sorry I missed... Uh, Last week's podcast, which was about the, um, uh, the mid-year outlook, the LPL research mid-year outlook was released last week. And, uh, I know you Lawrence and Jeffrey Roach went through the, um, you know, the highlights of the report and, uh, and our, uh, updated views for the second half, really sorry that I missed that. We also did a special call for LPL advisors running through that. Um, but, uh, certainly I'm, uh. Thrilled to be a part of the process to at least write it, even though I didn't uh, didn't help too much presenting it. Uh, so today is July nineteenth. We're going to talk about uh, three things. the The title of the podcast we've chosen is "Earnings Pessimism May Be Overdone." And wow, is there a lot of pessimism! Uh, so first, we'll talk about earnings season. You know, even though there is a lot of pessimism, we still think a mid single digit increase in S and P five hundred earnings is is in the cards. Uh, Second, we'll talk about some of the uh, encouraging signs on the inflation front recently Uh, in terms of data. We know the last CPI number was awful, but uh, when you look at some things in the marketplace that are telling you about future inflation um, data, you might actually see some uh, reasons for encouragement. So we'll walk through some of those, and then lastly, we'll preview the rest of the week Uh, Earnings is, of course, a big focus for markets, but there's also some data and some central bank news to cover. Uh, So let's get right into it. Um, First, just talk broadly about the market here. Uh, We had a rally on Monday early and then faded uh, news that Apple was going to slow hiring. We've heard a lot of these headlines, Quincy, that companies are slowing hiring. That makes sense. Heard some similar things uh, from J.P. Morgan, from Alphabet slash Google a number of others uh that's just prudent management i think to 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 slow down amazon is another one right um so but nonetheless the market reacted to that and um we gave back monday's gains but we were rallying here on tuesday morning maybe getting back to where we would have been had had monday's highs held so when when you look at this chart uh, we're showing the s&p 500 quincy did, how much progress do you think we've made uh in terms of uh of marking a low, or is there just more work to be done here?
1: You know, I think, you know, we all say it's a process, right? But we, I know, no one knows when the low is in. I mean, we we, we have indicators of, of, of how the market should react when a low is in. But, you know, history dictates that the bear uh, lures you in. Bear has you think that the low is in and you know to to come in, and and by the way, markets can continue in, in the, within a bear market to go up for you know six, seven, eight weeks, only to resume the sell off. Now, one thing that has changed, I think, over the years is everything is is much quicker than it used to be, right? And and here's the other thing, Jeff. We know what we're looking for, right? If if you were to say to me, what would be one thing in a headline? that would get this market to turn around. It wouldn't be necessarily that the Fed says, oh, you know, we're worried about financial conditions that will let inflation rise. I mean, that that would be actually scary for the market because it would suggest the Fed is prepared to see a stagflationary environment. But how about that we see concrete evidence, empirical evidence that inflation is receding at a faster than we originally thought, that I can almost imagine that the market would say, okay, enough of this, let's just just look ahead. And and so, you know, if we saw consumer staples pulling back, flows going into consumer discretionary, just to give you an example, and volume, strong volume with it, it would suggest to me that the market wants to say, okay, let's just look ahead. But right now, I do think, though, you're seeing the market kind of, I don't know, just calming down, calming down. But isn't that always indicative also of bear markets? You get a market that you know will pull back a bit, add a bit, pull back a bit, and, and, and not that screeching selling that we saw earlier. That's a good sign. Although some would say, uh-uh, Quincy, we need to see more of that. We need to see that final capitulation, um, you know, where everyone just says, I'm getting out regardless. So I'm just looking at this, and I'm looking at valuations. And they are increasingly attractive. And at you know, some point, uh, institutional money managers are going to say, for the long long term, let us take a look. But I would say, Jeff, we're looking at the second quarter earnings why not wait? Why not wait till get through with the big tech earnings? See what they have to say. After all, they represent a good portion of the S&P 500. And so we need to see how they're doing. But I think you're right. It's a process. We're going through the process and that's healthy.
0: Well, thanks, Wednesday. LPR research did not uh, wait. We just like the risk reward uh, enough that we did uh, nibble at this market, yeah. uh, this This month, right? So we had we were pretty much neutral, just a m- mild overweight. Now we took that up, um, but um, certainly our bond portfolios uh, are fairly conservative. And you end up with, I mean, we're just acknowledging that at least our view. We could be wrong, but our view in LPI Research is that maybe there's five percent downside, maybe yeah. even a little bit more. Yeah. But coming through this on the other side, we don't know when yeah. it's going to come but there's probably 20% upside maybe more uh you know within a you know call it 6 to 12 month period history tells us that um and we we certainly don't want to ignore what this will be. No. But side. but
1: you know also to, you know getting regarding the, the inching Martha, you know small cap right small cap the risk reward there was extremely attractive take a look at how small cap healthcare is doing small caps consumer staples doing incredibly well at, at extremely attractive valuations. It was almost as if you can't go wrong with that, right? But you're absolutely right. Yeah, the, the list uh, the list that's out there become, that you want to go into when you really push into, um, in, in, into the market that has been selling off is getting increasingly attractive.
0: Yeah, absolutely. One of the reasons that we think this market's maybe worth nibbling at if people have the risk tolerance is sentiment is so bearish Yeah. Got more evidence of that. uh, You know, just today with the release of the latest Bank of America Global Fund Manager Survey, which Mm -hmm. highlighted that fund managers are holding the most cash that they've had since 2008. uh, And they're reporting, uh, frankly, risk appetite levels that are even lower than the 2020 lockdown COVID recession uh and, and again going back to sort of 2008 levels so when fund managers are that pessimistic who's left to sell <laughs> right not a lot of people are left to sell uh and that certainly is an encouraging piece as we try to build this this case for um yeah. for a low i i want to make the point that you know having had hip surgery last week i did not write marking a bottom intentionally because i do not want to see the word bottom because sitting down does feel a little uncomfortable. For me. So <laughs> we're gonna mark a low and um, it's coming, but as you say, Quincy, and I agree it's not it's not clear that it's already in. Uh, we might get uh, we might need to get one more wave of selling here. And then last thing and I'll I'll let you wrap up this segment, Quincy. Um, the um, you know the 2000 tech bubble bursting kind of had its its face, right it was it was pets.com or it was WorldCom and Enron, right? 2008 kind of had a face, right? It was- It's a prime leverage. Bear Stearns and then Lehman Brothers, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you want to add AIG in the mix.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What's the face of this sell-off? Put COVID aside. Well, we know. It's, is it, it, it? Yeah. I don't think there is one yet. And, well, and maybe, there, maybe there won't be, but that that's that other piece of capitulation people are waiting for, right? I mean, I, the first thing that popped into my mind was, is this the Celsius sell-off, right? The uh, the crypto lender that filed for yeah. bankruptcy. Um, no, I just I, don't know that that's enough of a face to say, you know what, we're we're done. So either either this is a mild, uh, I mean, the, the sell-off hasn't been mild. We're down 20%, right? right? But either this is a kind of traditional correction type of event and there is no face, or there's maybe a shoe to drop later and we have a bigger name. I don't know who it would be, but we'd have a bigger name maybe that sells off. Corporate America's in such good shape that maybe there isn't one this time.
1: I think you do have a face. It's Jerome Powell's face. Um, You know, what you were alluding to, I think, is an event, an event that hits the market, some sort of contagion. Uh, You know, financial conditions get tightened to the point. That we do see a, a a face, you know, but but entering and I think this is one of the reasons this has been fairly orderly. I think it's one of the reasons you haven't seen the VIX climb to those levels that you associate with a bear market or or capitulation. Uh, you know, the VIX has been fairly, uh, I would say, sanguine given given that we're in, in a bear market. Uh, is that we know what's happening? We're not looking as we did in in twenty. Uh, 2008 and 2009 uh, for the old maid card, you know, who's got, who's got the subprime, who's, which portfolio has it? And what was the leverage attached to that? You know, you were waiting every day. Who's got it. Who's got it. Until contagion just took over the entire system. Um, here, we, we, we have an idea. We, we, and also absent some big event, some big shock. We know what we're waiting for. We know, I mean, everybody has to have a plan, right? or as Mike Tyson said, until you hit in the face. So the plan is at this point, wait to see, watch the data and wait to see, as you say, it's beginning to look as if inflation and the supply chain beginning to to ease even at the margin. Okay, and this is absent an event that would get everything to stop and get a new face on there. So right now I see the faces Jerome Powell.
0: Yeah, that that makes sense. Um, the uh the way I look at this is maybe we get an earnings relief rally here in Q3, and then maybe we get an inflation relief rally in Q4. We've said before this is probably going to be a back-end loaded kind yeah. of a year.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and certainly fourth quarter rallies during midterm years are very common and can be very powerful. So let's turn to earnings. This is where I want to spend most of the time. Uh, the um, you know, the numbers so far have been okay, not great. But that's kind of what we expected, right? Um, we know we have huge headwinds. We, you know, the economy uh, has slowed. We have cost pressure on companies, the likes of which they haven't seen in decades, really. Uh, and then throw the strong dollar into the mix, which is really yeah. accelerated lately as a as a, an earnings hindrance, right. earnings obstacle, right? Um, I mean, a ten percent rally in the dollar could take off. Call it three points on S&P 500 profits. I'll show you a chart of the dollar in a minute. These are really strong headwinds. So everybody expects small beats. And that's what we've gotten 2% beats in terms of the magnitude Mm -hmm. on average. I mean, we're, we're used to eight, 10, 12 at this point. Um, And then the beat rates, you know, we're used to 80% beat rates at this stage. Now we're at 60. This number is, you know, 24 hours old. I think it's, it's up to closer to 65 now based on the last 24 hours. Right. But still much lower than what we're used to, yeah. not terrible. Um but we're still on track for 5% earnings gain. That's not bad given how tough uh this environment is. So, um my question for you Quincy is um you know, is the pessimism overdone? Could we get positive reactions and I think we have so far to some extent. Could we get the markets positive reaction to, you know, weaker numbers, lower guidance and smaller beats.
1: Well, oh yeah, you can, you all, you, you, you get it. If if it's not as bad as, as, as expected, you know, how it comes in, at least it wasn't as bad as consensus estimates, then you'll get like an uptick. But overall, overall uh, you know, companies are managing through this. I, I think that's the message from the S&P 500, I think it's going to be, companies are managing through this. Now, I do have to say that if the backdrop uh, continues to slow, they will manage through it, but we know how they'll do it. Uh, labor is the major component, and we will start hearing about more layoffs. Uh, the Fed has said, well, you know, we could go above 4%, You know, that's okay because it's still strong. But there are those who are fairly pragmatic, thinking we could get an unemployment rate closer to 5% as, companies work through it. Uh, it. It's interesting, we talked about the dollar, at least today when we do this call, the dollar eased a bit. Uh, I may have something to do with uh, the Eurozone, uh, the um, ECB rate going to raise rates, and I think the consensus is going to surprise uh, that they may raise rates just a bit stronger. You wouldn't think it, uh, given the problems that they have right now, especially with Germany, the largest economy, but nonetheless, uh, yeah, it, it, is, it is amazing. Uh, I think if we went back to the 1970s, everyone likes to talk about inflation in the 1970s. Companies, companies were not as quick to react. Uh, they didn't have the, uh, the, how do I say this? The, I don't think labor, labor was important, but not as important as it is now. I mean, you're already hearing, by the way, the banks. Just We just went through the bank earnings, right? We'll get some more bank earnings, uh, some the regionals, the small banks. But already you're talking about the culling effect, you know, how you'll go to the end of the year and you'll start to see culling, more, more layoffs, uh, especially because capital markets are dormant right now. And many of them, the, the large banks obviously have a large uh, investment banking arm that, that have just been dormant. So you're going to see that. And I also, Jeff, I think when that happens, it gives cover to other companies that want to go from hiring freezes to layoffs. Uh, I, I, if you've ever looked at it over the years, you get one large company that's considered to be a, a responsible company. They start laying off, others. others jump in. And perhaps just to be competitive too, obviously that's, that's probably the major reason. So that's the, the issue, but there's one thing about American companies, they move quickly. And, and I think that is what we're going to see if, if the economic backdrop deteriorates further.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, the Fed wants fewer job openings. The, right. you know, they, they certainly won't mm-hmm. say they want layoffs, but they need the job market to cool yes uh to solve this inflation problem and so uh some of this is really i think just what the fed would have expected based on oh yeah uh the the actions they're taking so yeah uh, so that that all makes sense so yeah i i would i would say that this earnings season the pessimism is is a little overdone yeah. and we have a good chance at positive reactions to softer numbers um the i mean you can't turn on you know the financial news for more than five minutes, and you'll hear somebody saying that estimates need to come down. Um, the uh, The stat I thought was interesting that I pulled um, to reflect the pessimism here is so far, companies that beat on the top and bottom line are oh. up, are up 2%. Descent, exactly. On average. Yes. The five-year average is 0.9%, right? This yes. is from uh, Evercore ISI. Yes. Um, and then take that a little further different angle companies that miss on both the top and the bottom line Mm -hmm. are higher by 1.6%. On average, they've been down 2.9%. So that's like, what is that a four and a half percent beat on the historical average response. So we're seeing some weaker numbers followed up by strong rallies. That is a very good sign that, um, that there's, there's maybe too much, um, pessimism mm-hmm. so you know the dollar is um as Quincy as you alluded to is is a, a a challenge uh it has come down a little bit today but is up significantly off the lows and this is a, this just translates directly into slower earnings growth the market knows this you can look at the dollar of course every second of the day uh but nonetheless um, it's caused some companies to bring down numbers um whereas maybe guidance would have taken numbers down a percent or two. Typically, maybe it takes it down, you know, add the dollar. Maybe we go down two or three percent or three or four percent in terms of estimates. So estimates are still too high. We'll agree with the consensus on that. Uh, And maybe they have to go down a little more than we had anticipated before this dollar surge. Uh, But they're still holding up um, quite, quite well here. And I'll show you a picture of that next. And then we'll move on to talk about inflation and some of the positive signs we've seen uh, recently. Um, the um, you know We look at the S&P 500 forward estimates for the next, uh, well, you can look at next four quarters or you can look at current year. Uh, I think it's at this stage of the calendar, um, it's helpful to look at just the current year. And you see here, this chart, I mean, makes it look like numbers have come down, but this is a dollar, right, mm-hmm. from the peak. to $229.40. They've held up incredibly well. Yeah. Despite the fact that everybody knows the economy has weakened, we all know about the challenges, certainly that are facing the financial sector, which is a big earner. We've seen some big tech companies announce uh, slower hiring, or even in places, some layoffs. And yet, you know, numbers are barely down. So, you know, you can interpret this one of two ways. You could say, well, the analysts are asleep at the wheel, right, and then, or you could say, and and maybe they'll figure it out after earnings season, or uh, you could take the other side and say, there's some underlying strength here the market's not appreciating, and maybe maybe 220 is too low. Maybe, you know, a lot of analysts and strategists out there are thinking maybe 220 or lower for this year's S&P 500 profits. We're at 225. To me, the resilience of this estimate suggests that maybe that's possible. What do you think, Quincy?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you, one thing about the analyst community, I just add to this debate on why we are not seeing, you know, more uh, downgrades. Typically, they like to wait for the company to offer their their own uh, negative revision or or, or you know pre earnings announcements and then they will come in if it's negative then they will come in and they will do the revision they don't like to go in before the companies say something it's uh, we don't I won't get into the debates as to why they will wait uh, for their own personal relationships with these companies but normally they do uh, but I agree with you there there is underlying strength and markets just markets just get very pessimistic and it's much more difficult to have even a shred of optimism when you are you know enveloped uh by by pessimism you, you, just like last week uh everyone was okay fed's going uh 100 basis points the fed is uh, Going 100 basis points, and the next meeting afterwards will be 100 basis. I mean, it was it was it was wild. And then you and recession. The, the, the recession hit the headlines like this is it, absolutely recession. And then you had Christopher Waller come in, uh, who is not considered to be a dove. He's a member of the Fed board. He's not a dove by any means. He said like, why don't we just hold on a little bit? Why don't we just hold on? Wait to see what retail retail sales are. Um, and and he said. Unequivocally, we're not in a recession right now. Now, you know, again, we get to the debate of, of two quarters in, uh, in a row, uh negative, and therefore, oh, it must be, let's not get it, let's not get involved in, in these discussions of if and, and what the NBER says, the two negatives. And of course, then the concern is oh, that means that looking ahead, companies are going to uh do much less well. So, you know, the um, prices have to come down at what, another 10 or 20%. That's the big question hovering over this market right now. So, you know, I think it behooves um, us to just listen. I'm especially, I, I know you are Jeff, about the big tech names. What are they going to say? That I think is going to be crucial because they have always come in and they have surprised to the upside. Every time they're written off, they come in and surprise to the upside. So I think it's going to be very important to hear what they have to say for the mood of this market.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, We get Netflix tonight, so that'll start the wave of the big big techs. Yeah. So um, let's move into our next segment, and then we'll wrap up with a preview of the week. Um, The um, you know again, the CPI number was terrible. Um, but that might have been the peak. And I think some of this buying you've seen in the market since then might reflect the market's realization that um, that could be as bad as it gets. And so we've seen a number of signs that suggest the inflation picture is getting better. So here, I'll just run through Mm -hmm. a few really quickly, um, and then I'll go to you, Quincy. But here's the long-term, these are five-year forward inflation swap rates from the TIPS market. Mm-hmm. So the treasury inflation protected securities market tells you what the market is pricing in in terms of inflation. It's come down from basically 2.6 to 2.1 uh in in just the last um, you know couple of months. That is a positive sign. There's a there's also a University of Michigan survey where they ask people, you know, what are your inflation mm-hmm. expectations <clears throat> for the next 5 years and that mm-hmm. is a very positive trend yeah. here. We've yeah. gone from 3.1 to 2.8. If we can get to 2.8, that will be spectacular.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, We'll get there eventually. Um, we've seen oil prices drop over 20%. You all know that. You've seen prices at the pump go down 50 cents or so based on the AAA numbers. Uh, that is certainly very encouraging. This wasn't really captured much from the CPI number in June that was reported in July. <laughs> copper, too. People don't pay as much attention to copper. Uh, but look at this. Uh, down 32%. From its recent highs. Now, there's a negative economic signal there that global growth is slowing, which, of course, why we call it "Doctor Copper." But there is also a powerful disinflationary signal uh, from a sharp drop in uh, copper prices. You see the same thing in ag, even though Ukraine uh, is a big ag producer, prices Mm -hmm. there have come down. And then, lastly, this is a little different. And then I'll hand it to you, Quincy, to Mm -hmm. summarize this. The you know inflation you can break it down into supply side driven and demand side driven and we know um you've heard from uh Jeffrey Roach on this our our chief economist that the fed can't really do much about supply side inflation right it's you know bottlenecks yeah. at ports and you know shortages of materials to you know for semiconductors right. it's china covid lockdowns it's all these things that the fed has no control over right which are preventing us from making the stuff we need to make and to get it to the people that want it. There's another side to inflation, which is demand driven, right? Are people just demanding more products? Are people demanding more services? Right. And so they are demanding more services now. Mm-hmm. You know, if you tried to fly recently, there's more demand for uh, you know, airline tickets and prices are going up. There's demand, you know, movies. I finally went to my first movie since the pandemic. Uh, services, right? People getting out and doing things. Uh, Mm -hmm. The demand for that is increasing, but the demand um, for goods is decreasing because we we bought too much stuff during the pandemic and now we need less stuff. Okay, so that's just setting the stage. The key point here is that supply-driven inflation has come down, okay? And now the Fed can attack demand-driven inflation. That's what the Fed has control over. And so if you want If We all want inflation to come down, but if you want to be optimistic about inflation coming down, you need to at least have the stage set for the Fed to do something about it. So uh, you can see from this chart, uh, for those watching on YouTube, that the demand-driven contribution to inflation has actually slightly exceeded the supply-driven component of inflation. This is good news. This means the Fed can actually have some impact. So you combine rate hikes, tightening financial conditions, uh, and, um, y- you know, frankly, everything else, market-based that has helped kind of cool this economy. Uh, by the end of the year, this economy will be probably be cooled down quite enough to have a meaningful impact on inflation. So, so Quincy, what there jumps out at you? Uh, anything there um, you think worth highlighting?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned China. Well, yeah. I- we just saw some numbers that they're seeing an outbreak again in Shanghai because all eyes have been on Shanghai and the hope had been that Shanghai opens. Uh, it is a major, major manufacturing center, financial center. Uh, they've got a deep port. You you want you want to see Shanghai back on board and, and and working. And yet we're starting to see that COVID some COVID uh, outbreaks. We'll see what the government does, whether or not they give it the usual uh, zero COVID um, lockdown. We, we just don't know. But the point is we're also seeing out of China, uh, what are they doing to uh, to help growth? I mean, th- their numbers are, are weaker and weaker. Uh, President Xi is under pressure. I know people say, oh, well, how can he be under pressure? He, he could stay in that position you know, forever. No, it's not necessarily the case. They do not want to see turbulence ever. Uh, especially after Tiananmen Square, but that's, uh, you know, in, in terms of employment. That is something they don't want. And also they don't want to see anything having to do with food prices going up because or you go back and look at the, the, the causes of these, uh, just not just in China, but a, around the world and emerging markets of, of problems, social unrest, it comes from the inflation in food prices but and, and, and unemployment. So I'm mentioning this because Apparently, there are some infrastructure packages that China is prepared to introduce. Now, do they need any more infrastructure? Is this going to be, you know, the the proverbial bridges to nowhere? It may be, but nonetheless, I think that when the market sniffs this out as as a reality coming, you'll start to see the commodity industrial metals uh, coming up. Dr. Copper should, you know, is is watching this very very closely, uh, in terms of of food and, and and getting back to what you said Jeff about you know the fed what it can do it's very interesting that the fed seems to me to be widening its view of inflation if they were sticking to the script it would just be about core and when core it would be just about rents because rents have been sticky uh you know the headline in new york city uh, $5,000 for a small apartment, it's cr- crazy. But nonetheless, they have more and more talked about headline. I don't know if you've noticed this. This is, I think, part of the Fed's reaching out to the American people uh, saying, we understand what you're, what you're dealing with. Um, but what we're also seeing is on the supply chain side, uh, an easing. Take a look at some of the Bloomberg indexes that they have. They're showing that there is an easing in supplies actually normalizing. Uh, we heard, now this is not the be all and end all because it's a very small part of a larger series of data, but the Empire Fed, uh, this is the manufacturing report that is New York, New Jersey and Connecticut. Certainly not emblematic of the rest of the country. That's why we're waiting for the Philadelphia Fed survey coming out uh, this week, but here in that survey, uh, we saw a tick up. So the manufacturing in this Empire Fed survey had ticked down. It has now ticked up again. But embedded in that shows that shipments are actually picking up, telling you that your, the supplies are coming in. That's actually very, very good news. And especially if we see it this week in the Philadelphia Fed survey. Needless to say, you know, in the Dallas Fed survey, the the Kansas City Fed survey, and so on, that would be I would say major evidence that things that the situation is normalizing, that the challenges are actually easing. So that's one thing. And then in terms of oil, I can't help but get this in. When we saw that read on, on the uh, CPI of the 9.1%. Uh, read on it. I mean, you know, it was—it wasn't what it, we expected. A higher number, uh, consensus estimates was just below, not but nine percent. But when you see that nine there, it just says, oh my goodness, the Fed is the Fed is just you know not doing its job. But here's the thing, uh, that was for uh, for June, and so we have seen oil prices come down at the pump, and therefore I think that is one of the reasons also that we're seeing consumer expectations on inflation. Also coming down, because we know that uh, gasoline prices, by the way, gasoline prices that are moving up and down, up and down, have a very strong effect on how consumers see inflation. So the more that they could come down, the more you're going to see inflationary expectations from the part of the consumer. After all, 90% of, of the economy is consumer spending. Start start to come down. I think in a more meaningful way, it's moving in the right direction. That's the message. It's moving in the right direction, despite the 9.1 percent um, handle. It's moving in the right direction. Uh, you know, we could, it's a tug of war between those who are suggesting that inflation has embedded itself so completely in our economy that it is becoming structural. And once you hear the word structural, you might as well substitute it with the word entrenched nonetheless if this fed is prepared to go all the way to bring it down uh, i think they will be successful uh, you know you mentioned portfolio managers and so on uh, there's a, there's a question out there that they're asking portfolio managers now if you had a choice between the fed just basically going not full you know full throttle on inflation uh, worried about financial conditions tightening too much something breaking and then they stop short of bringing inflation down, so they could declare a victory, uh, versus that the Fed goes ahead and just keeps moving until they sit, can say uh, inflation has plateaued, inflation has peaked, but there will be a recession, albeit a shallow recession. Which would you prefer? So they're giving portfolio managers sort of two two kind of nasty scenarios. Most say, look, go with the inflate, go with the. Re- a recession, stagflation is far more um, pernicious for the economy. So that's an interesting shift. Uh, that shift is taking place right now. That if, in fact, we have to have a recession, and I don't mean the two quarters in a row, but where especially where the layoffs start picking up, I think that would be indicative. Coupled with retail sales pulling back, then portfolio managers seem to be more optimistic about that because what they believe is that will be indicative of the Fed determined to uh, um, mute inflation, expunge it from the system.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna to be tough for the Fed to know that mm-hmm. we're in recession and continue to hike, but we'll, yeah. we'll see. <laughs> I'm not gonna yeah. make a prediction now. I mean, that's no. a tough call, but you're right. That, that, that's the the debate that really, I think everybody's having here. Uh, and we'll go a long way to determining whether this is the eventual low, what mm-hmm. we just put in in June or... Or yeah. well, we've got to go back and and, and retest it maybe late summer, um, early fall. So um, we're we're at time. So let's just go ahead and wrap up here, Quincy. You know, other than earnings this week, we've got a lot of housing data. We mm-hmm. all know that the housing market is cooling. It's really one of the first places that you see what the Fed is doing mm-hmm. translate into cooling right. prices, <laughs> yeah. right? And so, I mean, yeah. I know many of you in in your local real estate markets haven't seen prices come down but they'll probably uh we're certainly going to see slower price increases mm-hmm. uh and you saw the home builder sentiment survey the other day reflect um yeah. more dour uh, sentiment from 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 builders we're going to see that that's expected that's not enough to drive us into recession but of course home ownership is a big has a big wealth effect attached to it so um, if prices are flat as opposed to rising uh that is certainly going to take a little bit of the um consumer spending push uh mm-hmm. out of the equation the only other thing this week I think that's really meaningful besides earnings and housing data is the ECB that you mentioned Quincy and then the um the Bank of Japan right oh, so yeah so you know maybe Bank of Japan doesn't mean anything because we know what they're going to do they're going to do nothing and that's what they've done for 20 years but um <laughs> the ECB might do 50. Um, it's amazing, and it, if the it, dollar ro- moves lower, that could, um, you know, yeah. that could help uh, support international equities.
1: Exactly, that's exactly right. I, you know, speaking of housing, Dr. Horton's reporting. I, I'm, I'm going to be paying very close attention to uh, their report. Um, the call, it's, it's, they, they will lay out what is going on in the housing market and what they see. Uh, in terms of foot traffic, which is which has slowed dramatically, cancellations which has slowed dramatically or picked up dramatically, I should say uh, we'll get we'll get it we'll get a good a good read on that. And I, I may I add two things. I just want to add the Philadelphia Fed survey because we want to see again: Are we seeing shipments pick up? Because that is a, a, how do I say it? Uh, a, 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 Data point uh, about the um, the supply chain, so with shipments picking up, and, and Philadelphia Fed, by the way, manufacturing port has more of a positive correlation with the um, the heartland uh, in this country in, in terms of manufacturing. More, more obviously, much more so than the Empire Fed Survey. Also, also, I followed the PMIs, purchasing manager indexes. I think these reports are extremely important. At the end of the week, we will have a preliminary report, a flash report uh, on the um, manufacturing and the um, services. Uh, It will come from S&P Global, which bought market of those of you who follow this, this, but these reports are extremely important. It will be an up-to-date report. That's the beauty of a flash report. They're much more up-to-date and we want to see uh, about orders, we want to see about hiring expectations and anything else they have to say about the cost of of production, the input costs. We want to see those coming down.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you know, maybe I undersold the economic calendar uh, for the week. But, yes, uh, you
1: did, Jeff. Yes, you did.
0: But the uh, those it's, it's flash the, P, the flash PMIs aren't typically as market moving as the official no. PMIs in no. of the U.S. But I agree. Absolutely important data points that yeah. that uh, data wonks like us pay attention to, <laughs> yes. uh, but they maybe just don't get the TV ratings. Um, so <laughs> thank you so much, Quincy, for thank you, um, thank you. for uh, jumping on again for the another edition of LPL Market Signals. Thanks to all of you for for listening. Um, I just um, I have just been told that um, we're going to take the next week off because we'll be at the national conference, the LPL Focus Conference in Denver. Uh, next week and with all that's going on, just would be hard uh, to pull off uh, a podcast. So um, you probably don't want to just hear me talking to myself. So we're just going to, I know you don't. (laughs) So we're just going to take next week off the uh, 26th and then uh, the next LPL Market Signals will be in August. So we'll be back um, with you. I think the date's August 2nd. Be back with you for another edition of LPL Market Signals then. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.
2: This material was provided by LPL Financial, is for general information only, and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. There is no assurance that the views or strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. Any economic forecasts set forth in the podcast may not develop as predicted and are subject to change. References to markets, asset classes, and sectors are generally regarding the corresponding market index. All indexes are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Index performance is not indicative of the performance of any investment. All performance reference is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All information referenced in the podcast is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and broker-dealer.